He's normally got that little hat on and his little goatee he, and he's yeah. shooting arrows. That's that's what the joke of Green Arrow has become. Yeah, exactly. So they need to prove that. Actually, you know what? He knows he's parkour. A, uh, he's actually he's, pretty cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's got like heaps of different types of arrows. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Cancelled Movie Report, the documentary podcast series that talks about the best movies that Hollywood never made. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Cambo. And joining me as always is actor and comedian... Mr. Eden Porter. Thank you very much for having me, Cambo. Oh, I like the, the dulcet tone yeah. you've struck there. Oh, I'm setting things up for later on, you it's know. It's good, because you're you this is your report this week. And this so is my report. You've got um, to, have you done vocal warm-ups? Ma- remembering the money. Remem- <laughs> the arsonist had oddly shaped feet. This is this is just my training, you know. Yeah, it's your it's your process. Yeah, it's my yeah, process. Yeah, it's great. Exactly. Well, this is one I'm excited for because it is a kind of cancer movie we do every now and then, which is a completely new project. Yeah, this is right. This is not a, a remake of mm-hmm. something that was that got changed or anything like that. This is a whole new idea. Yeah. It never got off the ground. But it's it's a it's an interesting one because it's a whole new project, uh, completely original thing. But it is based on things people know as yes. well. You know, like there's the, the uphill battle of trying to get people to connect to the characters is gone. Yet we're talking about a Green Arrow movie. We're talking superheroes and we're talking Green Arrow. Yes. So we're talking Green Arrow Escape from Supermax. So without any further ado. Let's get into it. Cambo, the year is 2008. This is three years after Batman Begins and Iron Man is just about to be released. So Mm. the superhero bubble hasn't really exploded yet. Yeah, just, well, 2008, the year of the Dark Knight, which arguably is the beginning of like the people taking superhero movies seriously. seriously. Exactly. But there was one man... Who's always had a passion for all things superhero. And have you heard of David S. Goya? Screenwriter of The Dark Knight. Yeah. Yes, correct. You have. Very good. You've done your research, Cambo. Yes. Um, but did you also know that um, he came off the back of the Blade trilogy? Well, this is the thing about David S. Goya. His name is attached to some great movies. Yeah. And his name is attached That's to some not so great movies. I was, I was like, I'll stop you there. He, he is no assurance of quality whatsoever. No, not at all. Because he did write and direct Bat- Blade Trinity. Yeah. Um, but then also he helped write Batman Begins. Yeah, yeah. And, and The Dark Knight. Yeah. 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 So uh, take it or leave That's, it. That's what I mean. When his name is attached to something. It's a real crapshoot as to whether it'll be any. There are certain names that if they're attached to, you're like, I'm going to love it. Or, yep. you know what? Not for me. David Escoya, I can't get a read on. Well, okay. This is interesting, right? So he obviously loves loves superhero yeah. films. He's a big DC fan. But he wanted to, to do something different with the genre, right? And he wanted to have a crack at Green Arrow, but mm. with a difference, right? He put forward the idea for a script. Basically stripping Green Arrow of everything that made him a hero. So stripping him of his his looks, his arrows, his secret identity, and team him up with a bunch of C-list villains okay. yeah, to escape a prison, Cambo. Mm. So it's a bold idea and there was a lot of buzz around it. Mm-hmm. He developed a script with uh, Justin Marks. Now, have you heard of Justin Marks no. before? Yeah, there's probably a reason for that. Because <laughs> up until this point, he was completely unknown at the time. But he has gone on to uh, do these cinematic masterpieces. So he's okay. written Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, <laughs> oh! the, uh, the sequel to Street Fighter that uh, no one asked for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and no one liked. No, exactly. So that's 2009. <laughs> then he did the Jungle Book remake okay. in 2016. Big hit, though. Huge hit. Yeah. With, um, with um, Favreau yeah. directing it. Massive. And then, more recently, Top Gun Maverick. Oh. They're his three writing credits. Wow. But he went... Straight to big franchise. Massively. It's insane. But it looks like every six years, 
he sort of comes out of hiding to write, <laughs> to write a script on something. Yeah, he must make enough back end to I guess, keep him going. To keep for him that going, long. and then it starts to dwindle. It's about a six year cycle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> His residuals for Yeah. Okay, so, so da- David Escoy teamed up with him. He teamed up, right? And David Escoy, this is a quote from David. He says, "It was the script ahead of its time." You know, Marvel was considering doing a Sinister Six at the time. Um, God, I think there was eight or nine years ago, we had this whole script written, this draft complete. It was an oddball project bouncing around Warner Brothers at the time. They were like, look, the script's good, but why would we make a movie about a bunch of villains? It makes no sense, Cambo. <laughs> Um, basically, he's saying it was completely ahead of yeah. its time. And if that script, he really feels if that script had come out today... Even a, even a couple of years after, it would have been made and it would have been great. Yeah, I, yeah, I, th- I think that that's probably certainly a factor. But I like to think that he did go, he, he worked with DC a lot, so he probably went to some advanced screening of Suicide Squad. And he was like, and he was like I told you it would work. This is the thing that I was talking about. I told about. you it would work. And they're like, I don't know if that did work, yeah. David. <laughs> I think we were right in the first place. <laughs> Maybe. Now, Green Arrow, do you know a bit about Green Arrow? Uh, this is what I know about Green Arrow. Oliver Queen. Yes. Uh, he was trapped on an island. Yep. He, he gained his archery skills. Yep. Uh, he's got normally got a sidekick called Speedy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Uh, and he lives in... Don't remember the city. Star City? Star City. Yes, very Star good, city. very good. Yes, yeah, so you've, you've got, you've got yep. the outskirts. He's- and normally, traditionally, Little Goaty. Yes, he always has a little goatee. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, he has and the cowards of the CW show refuse to, to give him a goatee. Well, well, you've you've hit a lot of the major points. One thing I do want to add to that is that um, in the comic book world, he's probably best remembered for a story that the Green Arrow did in 1971, mm-hmm. with him and Green Lantern. They took on drug dealers. Yeah, was it something to do with heroin? Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. Um, and in the process, look, I've got a. Have you seen the front cover? I'll show you the front cover. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the process, they find out his young sidekick, Speedy, is a heroin addict. <laughs> and you can see here on the cover, it says, um, DC is... <laughs> It says, DC attacks youth's greatest problem, drugs. <laughs> and uh, Green Arrow there is saying, my ward is a junkie. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to see this, uh, there, there'll be a link in the we'll description link, to our blog. Yeah. It'll also be on our social media. Yeah. We don't shout out our social media enough. Follow us Follow on social, social media. media. Yeah, good. Um, so that's probably what he's known for at the yeah. time. Also, the, I feel like there's one other thing he's known for. Pop a boxing glove on an arrow and shoot, and shoot it. Shoot, yes, yeah. that is another classic. Now, I want to ask you this, Camo. Do you reckon, is Green Arrow just the poor man's Batman? It's a millionaire playboy, yep. Oliver Queen. He's got uh-huh. sidekicks. He's got the arrow signal. Yep. He's got the arrow plane. What, yep. what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I would say, sure, that's a fair assessment in as much as Batman is the poor man's Zorro. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, Batman in itself isn't that original either. Batman is like in the 30s and the 40s, every superhero was some rich guy with a huge castle and a cave under his thing. Okay, that's Uh, good. So, yes, certainly Batman is more popular, but I think it's just a ripoff of the 1930s, 40s serial hero, which is always the the big rich guy, the So, Green Arrow is like the poor man's poor man, (laughs) Zorro. Okay, good. Okay, good. Good. Well, they wanted to make him a little bit different in this film. Mm -hmm. So what they've done is Batman, Bruce Wayne, you think Bruce Wayne, 
Um, he's all about his equipment, his theatrics, yeah. his detective skills. So they've pivoted Green Arrow a little bit to be more like, and this is uh, David saying this, David Esquire, he's saying to be a, a mix of MacGyver and Jason Bourne. Okay. Yeah. So he uses what's around him. And you'll yeah. see that come up throughout the film. And it's actually quite an interesting difference between him and sort of how Bruce would tackle this situation. This, this is really starting to paint a picture because around this time, around 2008, Every action movie was trying to be born. Yeah, very much Even, so. Even uh, James Bond always apes whatever's popular. And there was the one, I think it was around 2008, Quantum of Solace. Yeah. It was just is, a Bourne movie. Yeah. Just he one even continuous- wore like the, the duster jacket instead of his suit yep. like Bourne. Yeah. So now I'm really starting to picture, okay, 2008 action film, they definitely would have been doing the Bourne shaky cam. Yeah. And you, you know who was... Uh- you know who's unconfirmed? Whispers of the casting. Was it Bourne? It was Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Great. So very much nailing that. You know what we should have done? We, we, we make this in Australia. Matt's up in Sydney. We should have oh. we should have flown up and pestered him. Oh mate, we streets of Byron Bay. See- Has anyone seen Matt? We need him on a podcast. <laughs> Green Arrow, get him in. <laughs> um, it's interesting because there has been talk of a reboot. Of getting Green Arrow sort of redone uh, recently. Well, I'll book some flights. And well, two people. Those names. Who do you think would would match? Pick him. Pick pick. Uh, oh, uh, is one of them Matt? No, one okay. of them isn't Matt. Not today. Okay. He's too okay. old today. He's too old. Yeah. 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 Uh, who who would make a good Green Arrow? Blonde. Yeah. Both. Blonde. Yeah. Pl- blondish. Yeah. yeah blondish. Um, I I feel like they would go with like someone that has. A good association like a Liam Hemsworth. Nailed it. Oh, yes. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Like, I, I, I yep. think I just had the same thought process of them. Yeah. Which is like blonde superhero or Chris Hemsworth. Uh, oh, he's got a brother. Yeah. Liam. The yeah. other one yeah. with Charlie Hunnam from yeah. Sons of Anarchy. Ch- Charlie Hunnam. Be- I mean, Charlie Hunnam rocked a goatee in Sons of Anarchy. So I so, guess they were like, he, he still looks good. Well, you've got everyone's headshots. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. Got, he's, well, he's wait, got- wait, wait. This one, this, he doesn't look ridiculous with a goatee. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, though, I would say a bit of a charisma vacuum to, to, for me personally. Look, we've all seen Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rim. <laughs> and for those that haven't seen, uh, good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's enough chat about it. Let's get down to the movie. Okay, let's have a look at Green Arrow Escape from Supermax. We open on a Caribbean night 12 years ago. A splash rains out. We see a young Oliver Queen in his 20s in a soaking wet tuxedo, struggling to stay afloat in the raging ocean. God, he would have had his goodwill hunting hair. <laughs> he would have. The super yacht cruises away and his, his cries are drowned out by the music. That's sort of a setup. Mm-hmm. Then we cut straight back to modern day. Yeah. Ah. yeah. So we're not doing. So he, full... start, he starts lost in the water. Yeah. Like Jason Bourne. Like Jason Bourne. <laughs> Very similar. But now we're back in modern day. So we cut to an opulent dining table. Um, it's in an enormous banquet hall full of high society patrons. And then we've got an older Quinn now in his 30s sitting front and centre. His childhood best friend, William Hackett, is addressing the crowd. He tells the crowd the story of there's two Oliver Queens. One, a wild trust fund brat, uh, sort of partying all the time with models, very Bruce Wayne-y at this point. Um, but then there's the person that fell off the yacht and resurfaced three years later, a different Oliver, full of principles and vision. Yeah? We see images of Queen. A lot of arrows now. Yeah, yeah a lot, <laughs> lot of arrows, a lot of arrows. Or he has a quiver. 
<laughs> we see we see pictures of him doing social work, showing up at, at Queen Industries. That's his yep. billion dollar company that he runs. And it's not Wayne Enterprises. Thank you very no, much. No, I'll have you know, there's no merger here. Um, but he helps fight organized crime and corruption, but through his his actual company, not as the the green, green arrow. arrow. People don't know that yet. Um, they even call him a modern-day Robin Hood. Ooh. We pan across to see Marcus Cross, a 60-year-old CEO, sitting near. He's sort of calculating and manipulative, obviously, baddie. <laughs> um, he sort of raises a glass to Queen. We are now in a different part of town, a large war room, where this is uh, called Checkmate HQ. Now, Checkmate is an organisation that seeks to bring mass vigilantes to justice. Mm-hmm. The operation is led by Colonel Kalad, a tough-as-nail five-star general who has a dislike for mass crime fighters. So uh, I just want to establish, is this in a established superhero universe? Yes. Interesting. So there's people around. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, again, this is pre-Iron Man. Yep. Would have been something fairly... Well, there's new. a couple of Easter eggs okay. coming up that we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll dive into. Um, now, there's checkmate agents all around him. And we cut to the roof and we watch a guard sort of light a cigarette. And then suddenly a sharp projectile flies through the night and hits him in the chest. What do you think it is? An arrow. What colour? It's dark, so it's hard to tell. Green? Correct. <laughs> a dark figure appears from the night. Compound hunting bow in hand. Um, now, I'll tell you this. Here, Justin really describes this compound bow. <laughs> He goes into great detail. Is this a it's halo a level <laughs> of describing weapons? Well, I'll let you decide. It's an aluminium alloy, two laser sight, hinged axle pivot that snaps an arrow immediately into a mount as he pulls it back. <laughs> <laughs> so you can... Uh, look, I assume when you're screenwriting, you, you do some research. Yeah, big time. And it sounds like he became fascinated. Absolutely fascinated <laughs> with a twin laser sight axle pivoting. So we see guard after guard on the roof fall to this dark figure firing arrows at them. That one sees sort of a shadow making its way towards him. He raises his gun, but an arrow pierces his hand and sort of knocks it to the wall. Then the alarm goes off. Guards are rushing everywhere. And the colonel, he sort of gets surrounded in guards. They've all got their backs to him. Then suddenly all the lights turn out. And then suddenly we hear... Arrows fly left, right, and centre. All the guards are dead. And then we hear footsteps. We see zoom in of feet. And then the colonel is yanked upwards. Back at the ballroom, Hackett presents Oliver to the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Oliver Queen. He makes his way on stage. He hugs Hackett. We see Cross down the front sort of clapping. He's obviously villainous clap. Um, they look at him. Some balls on this guy turning up to a company he's trying to buy out. Hackett mentions to Queen, so Cross is trying to buy out his company. Queen nods and he approaches the microphone, but just as Queen is about to speak, he has the little police radio go off on his ear going, ah, there's a shooting going down at Trackmate HQ. And he goes, oh, I've got to go. He grabs the microphone. Sorry, sometimes virtue can't speak for itself. He walks briskly off stage and leaves the ballroom. Hackett has seen this disappearing act before and he goes to entertain the crowd. Now... We're looking out over Star City as police cars dart through the traffic. The suspect last seen heading by car towards the warehouse district. We see a used tuxedo sort of fly off and we see Green Arrow in all his glory, basically jumping and doing parkour down off the roofs. He lands outside this warehouse. With 2008 parkour check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Queen runs inside um, before all the police cars sort of get there. He charges in for a fight, but it's empty. 
there's just a chair with a slumped figure of Colonel Khalid. He's dead with a green arrow in his chest. Dun, 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 dun. He's been set up. Then, just as just as he's realised what's happened, a SWAT team sort of bursts in. Everyone runs at him. Um, they all start firing their guns. He has wrist-mounted crossbows, <laughs> right? That he fires into the roof. He swings up into the rafters. This is his cool green arrowy stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's swinging around. Everyone opens fire. He's running across the rafters. He fires arrow after arrow at the supporting struts ahead of him. They explode on impact allowing him to surf down the beam. <laughs> Think Legolas yeah, in, in yeah. Lord of the Rings. He then shoots off the end and he smashes through a window, right? Um, as he's flying through, he turns. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous, Gabo. He, he, he turns, he sees there's a toilet that he's, that he's flying <laughs> yeah, by okay. and there's hand dryers in the <laughs> toilet. And so he knocks the hand dryers off. And then, so they start blowing hot air. Then he fires an arrow at a radiator pipe, causing methane gas to leak out. And then he fires another arrow that bursts it into flames. So all this hot air starts firing like bursts of flames behind him, just as the SWAT team arrive. Okay. It gets weird. I think yeah. this is him MacGyvering yeah. sort of a situation. This, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, very MacGyver. Yeah, I can see that. This is also, this reminds me a bit of, it, this happens at like the start of Aquaman as well. Which is, I think it's it's a character that's traditionally been seen as not very cool. So they this, need to have a sequence to be like, oh, actually, man. they're pretty cool. It's very much that sort of vibe because people think Green Arrow. They're like, what can he really do? Yeah. Suddenly, he's firing arrows. He's got hook shots. Yeah. He's blowing he's, stuff he's, up. He's normally got that little hat on and his little goatee and he's yeah. shooting arrows. That's that's what the joke of Green Arrow has become. Yeah, exactly. So they need to prove that actually, you know what? He knows he's parkour. A, uh, he's actually he's, pretty cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like heaps of different types of arrows. It's not just one arrow, man. So this big fireball bursts out, knocks the SWAT guys through. Um, Green Arrow then runs through another corridor and jumps out the window to safety, lands on the ground, does the old superhero landing on the ground, but then looks up. He's surrounded in cops. Freeze, put your hands up. He looks at his options and he decides he's not gonna gonna escape this one. So he puts his bow down Um, and then they go, keep. Keep going. He drops another bow and he drops four crossbows. <laughs> and he drops his wrist rockets as well. Uh, and then they take him away to the police station. If any of your men laid a finger on my client, laid a finger? One of my rookies tried to take off his mask. Kid's gonna be brushing his teeth with his feet for the next two months. This client of yours, billionaire or no billionaire. I don't care who he is. When he straps on a suit and kills a high-ranking official, he's not getting preferential treatment. Oliver Queen is not a killer. Oliver Queen's got nothing to do with it. This is about the Green Arrow and the dozens of DAs who've been trying to bring him down for a long time. Rock, meet hard place. All this and they haven't even booked you yet. Cross set me up. Sitting in my benefit, smiling the whole time. How would he find out who you were? Hack it. This is a 90 billion dollar takeover. No seeker is too expensive. We've got to assume we've been totally compromised. They'll freeze your assets. If they mark your expenditures as criminal activity, this takeover just got that much easier. 
Well, that's why I've got the best lawyer in all of Star City by my side. I'll get on it. So there we go. Okay. So we've sort of set up. He's been set up. Mm-hmm. And um, this is obviously because of Cross wants to take over his company. So yeah. he's getting him out of the way so he can take over everything. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, we see that there's a couple of news reports coming in here. Mm-hmm. And they actually ex- explain um, who the colonel is. And they have a little shot of the colonel. And he's basically talking about how much he hates vigilantes and he hates masked people mm-hmm. and everything like that. So, so it would make sense Green Arrow would want to get rid of Exactly, him. exactly. So Checkmate is all against him mm-hmm. and he's sort of the figurehead of that. So he's got- He's got motive. He's got motive. Yeah. He's got motive, Cambo. Big time, big time motive. Um, we see the television headlines reporting on Green Arrow's arrest and uh, they reveal him as Oliver Queen. We see Hackett and the district attorney arguing in an ornate office. Hackett has witnesses that Oliver was at a dinner party this whole time. He couldn't possibly have killed the colonel. But the DA reveals that the time of death for the colonel was actually three hours before the fundraiser. And the way that the colonel was totally against mass vigilantes gives a strong motive. We see police search Oliver's mansion. Yeah, They pull down a little candlestick and they reveal his hidden weapon arsenal. (laughs) Thousands of arrows with varying functions, all labelled neatly. And they go, yeah. We've got something here. We cut back to the police station visiting chamber. We see uh, Cross is now coming to visit Queen. Well, they certainly don't leave anything to the imagination. Well, I've been known to make quick exits. Oliver, you are a good businessman. So obviously you know what's coming next. I know what you're trying to do. And it'll never happen. My work is for the good of this city. (laughs) Good of the city? Privatizing slums and uprooting thousands of people? Doesn't sound too good to me. Oh, please, don't act so self-righteous. You drive a Porsche. At least I never stole one. So, you won't be reasoned with. (sighs) You have no idea. What I am capable of doing, Mr. Queen. Ooh. So okay. Cross is he's obviously playing hardball. Yeah, he's playing hardball. He's like, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to sell you my company. Yeah. Cross is like, look, you're in over your head. You, it's game over, yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we cut to weeks later. Yeah, Queen is bound in chains and he's led into a courtroom. The judge and jury walk into the room. Well, just before we get to the courtroom, yeah, can I just say I'm not a lawyer. But if I were, I would advise Cross not to have admitted it so early <laughs> in the proceedings with Oliver Queen. <laughs> Just say, yeah, come on, give me your company. Yeah, yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah, I've, I've clearly set you up here. Uh, I'm going to take your company. You know what's happening. And then happening. when Oliver Queen's in court, he's like, he told me. Yeah. He told me that he- It was in a police room. You yeah. would have had a record. Yeah. Don't you guys have like cameras and stuff going? <laughs> well, obviously, he's, he's lawyer's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> so we're now in the court, court of law. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury- Please pass your verdict to the bailiff. As to the charges of murder in the first degree, how do you find the defendant, Oliver Queen? Guilty, Your Honor. The crowd erupts in rage. Queen turns to the back of the room, where standing patiently against the wall is Marcus Cross. He smiles. We then cut to the outside, where a protester is talking to a cameraman. Yeah, the Queen Arrow was the only guy who looked out for us in the slot. Take him away. You take away this city. And what you got left? Nothing. 
The federal judge leaves the courtroom in plain clothes, surrounded in security officers. He makes his way through the protesters as they start throwing things at him. He walks towards a limousine, opens the door and gets inside. Already sitting inside the limousine, sipping a drink, is Marcus Cross. If I sentence this man to death, there's going to be a lynch mob waiting for me. That is why there is a, another option. Cross passes him a sealed envelope with the Checkmate logo on it. The judge stares at the document inside. This is worse than death. It's now the next day and we cut back to the criminal hearing room. The judge sits upon his throne. Oliver Queen, please rise. Hackett looks concerned as he sees Checkmate soldiers walk into the courtroom. What the hell is this about? Given the very public circumstances of this trial, this federal court faces considerable challenges in proposing a life sentence. Your Honor, I demand an explanation. Since we have no confidence that a conventional lockup will be able to contain a man of Mr. Queen's abilities, it is the recommendation of this court that he spends the remainder of his life in the only place in the world that could lock him down the Supermax Penitentiary for Metahumans. Your Honor, this is out of line. My client has no special abilities. I hereby surrender your life to the custody of the Checkmate Initiative. May God help you. So we've knocked out the court case yeah. pretty yeah. quick. I it's love like, a superhero courtroom drama. I, yeah, I think it's, it's a cool great. element. I think, I think Daredevil should come in. Matt <laughs> yeah, Murdock yeah, yeah. is the lawyer and everything. But we've got sort of, we've got to the point now He's in prison. Mm-hmm. We've sort of knocked that out. Yep. He's been framed for yep. a crime. Don't mind the setup. Yeah, I think it's good. I yeah. think it's pretty good. Would make a great Batman film. I think so. <laughs> I really think so. So Queen is taken to a high security holding cell and we see outside a candlelit vigil. Everyone's sort of there with, we love you, Green Arrow, yep. come home soon and stuff like that. Then we do, in a sort of very Edgar Wright fashion, we do a series of quick cuts. Yep. So chains going on, slamming into a chair. He's bound. He's shaved his head. He's... His little goatee is gone <sighs> as well, so they shave that off. But he did have it. He did have it. He definitely I'm happy had it. with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's then thrown into a, in sort of a chair and then locked into the chair. Uh, then we cut something to an airplane hangar as Queen emerges, bound from a Humvee. He's sort of like um, yeah, Hannibal uh, Lecter. Yeah, um, he's held in front of a federal marshal who informs him that he's no longer a free man and that he'll be incarcerated in the Supermax Penitentiary for Metahumans. And does he have any final words? Queen just raises his hand slightly and we see he's holding the handcuff keys from the federal marshal's belt. <laughs> the guards that all jump on him and tranquilize his neck. So he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good, mate. He's good. He's, he's MacGyver. He's, he's very MacGyver born. I wish he had the MacGyver hair. Yeah. Oh, mate. Just the quiffy. <laughs> the yeah. Quiff. We're now in a penthouse office filled with high-priced attorneys. We see Cross at the front hanging up the phone. He's gone. One attorney then hands across a slip of paper asking if they have authorization for the consignment office. We then pan over to reveal the person standing over Cross's shoulder. It's Hackett, his friend. Okay. He hands him the paperwork. So Hackett has He's actually been working against him. Yeah, has betrayed Even him. He, he was the legal counsel. Well, and now you feel silly for saying he's got a crap lawyer, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, he was crap. He was, purpose. yeah, he was crap. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back in blackness. We hear breathing and then the darkness opens up and burst of light sort of comes in. Queen is dragged from a package crate with guards holding him down. A syringe injects him 
in the forearm with this uh, little metal device. And it's called, they're going to call in the film the parallax device. Okay. Now that is a, a sort of a device that stops metahumans from using their powers mm-hmm. and sort of electrocutes you and stuff Shouldn't like that. Shouldn't affect him. No, no, no. Because you don't have powers, mate. Unless you call being... In sick, <laughs> like, Be, being pretty errors. cool, actually. <laughs> Showing like initiative. cooler than people thought he was. Like yeah, he's exactly. actually pretty cool. That's his superpower. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he looks up to see dozens of guards pointing all their rifles out at him. He's sort of in an operating theater mm. room. Door slides open and a single figure walks out. It's the warden of Supermax, Amanda Waller. Oh, great. So Amanda yeah. Waller, you're probably yeah. familiar with her. She she pops up in various DC properties. Yep. Generally is. Sometimes a corrupt, Wardens sometimes a non-corrupt yeah. authority figure. She's always putting criminals in check, though. Always. Yeah. That's her MO. Yeah. Um, and when you think of her, what actress do you think of now? Uh, Viola Davis. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah. she's, like, spot on in terms of casting. Oh, yeah, great, yeah. Um, she looks down at Queen and she recognises this strong type, resilient, unbreakable, but she knows she's broken them all. Yeah. She tells Queen that Colonel Cleed was a friend of hers. And as he goes to respond, she clicks the button on her, like, sort of clicker. Yep. And it forces his parallax device to sort of burst into electric shocks and he starts passing out and, like, like going nuts on the ground. So she hates him. She's always got a button to control oh, people. It's blow up the head, yeah. electrocute them. Yeah. She loves a good button. <laughs> what is she without her button? Though? Oh, mate, she's nothing. She's nothing <laughs> for nobody. So then we cut again. There's a lot of quick cuts in this. We then cut again to Green Arrow being given his uh, jumpsuit. And I'll be with, he's never referred to as Green Arrow again in this. It's always Queen yeah, okay. for the rest yeah. of the thing. Oh, yeah. um, he's given a green jumpsuit, so he's still in green, which is good. He's, he's given a green jumpsuit. Yeah, 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 Does yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. have a green jumpsuit or did they make it especially for him? I will tell you the colour definitions of each jumpsuit because okay. there is a hierarchy of jumpsuits that we will right. get to in a moment. Okay. Um, his pin number is now 9242 and he's walked down A block corridor with the, it's basically this colossal cylinder space with towers sort of above them. It's got a big dome all the way at the top and he, all he sees is sort of all these jail cells with hundreds and hundreds of prisoners all around him. They all start yelling at him and catcalling at Queen. He's put some of these guys in here yeah. after all so they're after blood. He's in the heart of this Supermax penitentiary now. Now, I will add a little note though, Cambo. This is the first mention of Supermax with these big towering, this dome at the top yep. and these all these sort of um, jail cells. Now, Justin Mark, the, the writer, he actually majored in architecture in college. Right? Oh. So he put, With a minor in compound bows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, evidently. <laughs> um, but he did put a lot of work into the design of the prison itself because he really wanted it to be a character. Uh-huh. And as he as things sort of start happening, you can really get a sense that this prison's sort of alive and yeah. it's, it's doing a lot of crazy stuff. And he's really thought about how, like, mechanically it would actually work. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I appreciate attention to detail. Oh, yeah, I love, yeah, I love that sort of stuff. Um, not so much in Street Fighter. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Le Chung. But still, still, he's his first try. He arrives, Queen arrives at his cell. It's a mattress, a toilet, a sink, a shelf, and a security camera. Queen sort of looks up to the security camera, gives it a wave, because he knows Amanda Waller is viewing it. She's watching. Yeah. She actually is. It cuts to her in what is described in the script as the ultimate screening room. The central cortex 
filled with hundreds of screens around her. She can see every corner of the prison and hear because she's got all these microphone, network of microphones everywhere. And you'll see throughout the script that um, there are a lot of little things they do to try and not be heard by the microphones. Okay. And they get quite sloppy. Yeah, okay. Um, like this scene takes place near some pigeons cooing <laughs> so she can't hear what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> Stuff okay. like that. So, so so as soon as the pigeons stop cooing, yeah, you, you need to like torment them again. Hey, yeah. Start cooing. Oh, don't fly away. There's another one where they, um, they it, it describes in the script that they're eating food hurriedly so they could <laughs> talk about it and chew at the same okay. time. So it's a little tenuous there, mm. but we'll, we'll give... They, they made it in architecture. Yeah. Not in... Sound like, design. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things... They they want it until they don't want it. So yeah. they want her to be able to hear prisoners what they're talking about until, until they, they don't. don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, the script describes this um, this screening. I've got to tell you how it describes it in the script. It says, "We'd call it voyeuristic, but this goes ten steps too far. It's downright insane the number of screens she has." <laughs> Jeez, downright insane. <laughs> I love it when they put in descriptions like that. Queen hears his cellmate next to him whisper, "Welcome, friend." And this sort of uh, fist comes out to give him a, a, a fist bump. Looks looks for a pound. Queen sort of hesitates and he goes, look, okay, I'll give him a pound. Yeah. So he goes to pound it and he gets electrocuted on the pound. His neighbour is shock trauma. He uh, laughs hysterically. Right. Okay. So he's at like a C-list yeah, villain right. that can electrocute yeah. people. Not familiar with him. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, then a I'll woman- be saying that phrase a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then a woman in the opposite cell sort of looks on. Trauma, give it a break. You'll get us in trouble. I'm just playing with the new guy, Gemini. You want your shot? Careful. Don't want to upset your device. Waller's eyes on the inside. Tracks heart rate, location, meta input. You start trouble. Use your powers a little too much. She'll know. And then what happens? Brother, you don't want to know. Hey, what's your name, new guy? Sooner or later, we're going to find out. We always do. Where are we? Australia, the original penal colony. That ain't the place, Trauma, and you know it. There's a northern breeze outside. <laughs> Yo, we're in the Bahamas! As you can see, there's been some debate. Nobody's ever been out there. One time, all that came back was a body in a bag. So how about a name? I'll give you a name. I know that voice anywhere. Ain't that right, Green Arrow? So that's Icicle sort of saying that. He's a C-grade villain. Then we cut to a flashback of Icicle robbing a bank. He freezes the bars and then breaks them off, picking up the money, putting it in his bag. And then suddenly an arrow is pointed at his face. A green arrow. (laughs) (laughs) Not another move. So then we're back in the cell. So obviously Green Arrow arrested him, so he hates him. Back in the cell, Icicle is looking forward to having some fun with Queen. He momentarily freezes over before the heat in his cell sort of kicks up and melts him back to normal. So it, all these cells yeah, have designed, ways to... Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know. You, you know. know, what this seems like to me is that a lot of these villains like Icicle, who are like very C-list villains, yep. they could have had a counterpart that they probably couldn't afford to have in this movie. Yeah. Like that could have been Mr. Freeze. Yeah, it could have been Mr. Freeze. It could have been Captain Cold. But, but it seems like they're like, no, 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 no. You you can't use those in this, whatever this is. This little throwaway yeah. thing. And you'll find out later because, uh, look, the, the escape is pretty rough on some people. Mm. So I don't think they want to be uh, dispatching Mr. Freeze. Of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Well, loud and clear. Yeah. <laughs> 
Queens, now we're cut to uh, Queen's cell at night. Everyone is asleep, but then there's this rumbling noise and woom. It says woom in the, in the <laughs> script. I'll tell you that. His entire cell moves backwards. A giant hydraulic sort of system pulls his cell up and mm. suddenly starts switching all the cells around. Oh. So have you seen the movie Cube? Yeah. Yeah. So it's very similar to that. Suddenly all the cells... These mechanical claws yeah. sort of so they're never up. in the same spot. Exactly, exactly. All the cells, even the corridors, sort of start moving wow. around in this giant dome. So all the corridors are rearranged, and it makes um, basically Gemini explains to him. Eventually, you'll sleep right through it. They reconfigure every night. Disorientation makes you think twice about breaking out, doesn't it? Queen shrugs, unfazed. Yeah. Yeah. Seen it before, mate. <laughs> I've seen the movie Cube. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I need a prime number. Yeah, to I, get I love room to be like, oh, this is a cube situation. Yeah. I get, I get, yeah, not a problem. <laughs> not a problem. Not uh, Cube Two. <laughs> no, it's Cube One. Um, the morning arrives. Cell doors open. Everyone steps out onto their yellow line. Queen looks around. He sees a bunch of metahumans and regulars, sort of all walking around yep. with each other. Uh, we walk past a bunch of cells. We see one that's sealed up that doesn't open, and there's a label on it. Prisoner 2714. Joker. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, I'll just let you know now, that is the only Joker reference in the entire movie. Yeah, no, I, 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 I would have guessed that, especially for a 2008 comic yeah. book movie. They wouldn't dare. They, yeah, exactly. So It's just tantalizing. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, I don't want you expecting Joker no, to come no, no, out no, the no, whole no. time. It's not Chekhov's Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So Queen is walking um, and then an alarm goes off. He sees that he stepped over the yellow line. An in inmate in an orange jumpsuit behind him called Split, uh, he sort of leans over. He's in his 20s, this sort of young kid. Mm -hmm. He leans and tells Queen, look, they don't give us a very long leash around here. Queen sort of says, okay, thanks, buddy, and closes the door in front of Split and then Split suddenly teleports right through it, right? Oh. So he's a teleporter, Split. Yeah. Shit, he realises what he's just done yep. and he holds his temples as he starts to get a migraine from the parallax device. The device then stops and he sort of shakes it off. So even if you just use your powers for a second, you get done, Yeah, mate. you get done. Uh, Queen helps Split back up and he asks him for a tour of the Max. Split says, I'll give you the VIP breakdown. So now we go on a little walkabout, okay. which is, this is a pretty cool little bit because he basically walks around the whole yard and he sort of lays everything out. So they're walking around the rec yard. Split explains that, um, look, you can see uh, everyone in the rec yard here, you get an hour of so like sort of supervised use of your powers. So you can actually turn your powers on when you're in the rec yard okay. because they found out if you, if you turn off people's powers the whole time, they start going insane. Mm -hmm. So they give him like a little opportunity to do that. Although, if you're a class five inmate, you never get let out because you're too dangerous. I would say that's what the Joker is. Yeah, he's yeah. class five. Yeah. But everyone else is like playing soccer, working on weights, and, and running, walking around in circles. Um, there are three different groups there are green suits, right? They're the mortals with no power, like Green Arrow, yep. so he's in green. And then the, the blue suits, which are the geniuses with extreme intellect, like Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor, yeah. Yeah, they, talk, they mentioned Lex. Um, but they inject them with sort of a counterbalancing agent, so it makes them really dumb. Oh, dummy juice. Yeah, dummy juice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know dummy juice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very familiar with WG's. Um, we then see a bunch of the blue suit guys sort of playing with blocks in a circle, sort of all sort of out of it because they've all got dummy juice. Um, then we look over to see Blockbuster, a behemoth of a man finishing a bench press. He sort of, uh, he goes, yep, they're the orange guys. They've got superpowers. They'll mess you up. Stay yep. clear of Blockbuster and all those guys. Um, as they walk around, they list off dozens of C-grade supervillains. Yeah? And they in the script, they use the phrase, 
Fans will recognize this person as. So it says like a 60-year-old man feeds a pigeon. Fans will recognize this person as Floric Man. <laughs> right, okay. Um, Count Vertigo. Mm. Uh, calculator. Iron Cross. Pied Piper. <laughs> so it's all these villains uh-huh. and it's just like, yeah. and you go, oh, yeah, Count Vertigo, I've heard of him. And, yeah, it's right, right. Uh, ambitious to say that fans will recognize them. <laughs> Oh, that's Iron Cross, of course. Um, and then he tells him you also get flex cards, basically prison currency. You can trade them for food and mm-hmm. stuff like that, rations or anything like that. Um, then suddenly they sit down at their little cafeteria. They go to eat their food and yep. then bang, two hands slam down next to him. Queen's uh, bowl of oatmeal sort of balance, bounces around. It's Iron Cross covered in Aryan nation tattoos. And behind him are the other neo-Nazis, Heatmonger and Backlash. <laughs> So these are guys. I looked up all these guys. They're, they're, they're all legit, all legit yeah, yeah. guys. Yeah. Split then teleports to the other side of the room. He goes like, see ya. And yeah. just zooms out of the way. So green arrows come to the supermax, has he? Iron Cross spits in Queen's face. The guards want to see a fight, so they're not going to sound the alarm yet. They're all like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Queen gets up. He just stands there. He goes, I don't want to fight you. And then Cross sort of pushes him over. Queen gets up again and goes back down, refuses to fight, sits back down in his oatmeal. Hitmonger then presses her hands on the table as it starts to heat up and melt. So that's ah. what Hitmonger can do, right? Um, Queen notices that it's also heating up his oatmeal to boiling point. And then he <laughs> flips the boiling oatmeal into Hitmonger's face. Right? She falls down burning. Backlash reaches out with his extendo arm, because Backlash has extendo arms. Yep. Queen then gr- quickly sort of snaps out of the way and then breaks the bone in half. Iron Cross dives at Queen, but he dodges out of the way and he uses parts of the shattered table beneath him and he starts firing them at Iron Cross like ninja stars. The alarm finally sounds as guards rush in. Uh, Iron Cross grabs Queen in sort of a bear hug and then headbutts him in the face. But then he's knocked out some of Queen's teeth and Queen's like, oh, you knocked out my teeth. And then (laughs) Iron Cross laughs at him as he's laughing. Queen spits his loose teeth into Iron Cross's <laughs> mouth, causing him to choke on his teeth. Wow. Yeah. Then the, uh, then the police all come in, knocking everyone down and start beating on them. Everyone's parallax devices go nuts and everyone gets electrocuted. Queen wakes upside down with Amanda Waller standing in front of him. Whose side are you really on, 9242? There you were, a man of incalculable wealth all the resources in the world. You could have fought crime through any means, but instead you chose to do so outside the law. Why? All the money in the world can't make it a safer place. No, that's why Checkmate is here. We're not that different, you know? I used to believe in the goodness of mankind, in the importance of right over wrong, but that's not true anymore. In a world of capes and masks, all we have is the law to show us the way. It doesn't bother you that Colonel Khalid's real killer is still out of the street somewhere? He's not. I'm looking at him. I was set up. Not according to the law. Supermax isn't just a place to house the degenerates of society. It's our only meaning in a compromised world. Six weeks in the hole. Good luck, 9242. 
And then Queen is dragged out to the hold, like solitary yep, confinement. Yep, yep. Seven by seven feet cell, completely black. He feels the walls. There are vague glimpses of sort of people who've written numbers and stuff like that. And also he can make out someone has written Enigma was here. <laughs> So, yeah, right. Okay. Read, read the reference. So, so there's going to be a lot of references to characters that they couldn't actually <laughs> yeah, put in the film, yeah, but they've they got them on a technicality. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You'll see that. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, it's really annoying, actually. <laughs> so, it wouldn't be a cliche action movie without the line, "We're not so different, <laughs> you, you and, and I." I. <laughs> it's so. But the yeah. the other thing that strikes me a bit is uh, Green Arrow is a bit in this script. I guess that because they're trying to make him like MacGyver, but mm. he's coming off to me as a big Daredevil fan, a lot like oh, Bullseye. Actually, it I read a couple of things yeah. and a lot of people gave that feedback. They yeah. sort of made the, him more into- The whole thing about Bullseye is in his hands, anything's a deadly weapon. And it sounds like he's chucking oats. He's doing a go- Goldilocks. Well, at one point, <laughs> at one point, he does use some pens later yeah, on. Okay, to, yeah, like, very the, Bullseye. So very Bullseye in that regard. So as Queen is stuck in the hole, we go back to Queen Industries boardroom where Hackett and a clerk are arguing. Hackett's power of attorney are not enough to force an acquisition of the company. Cross bangs his fist on the table saying, we told, we were told that this would be significant. Yes, this should all be done deal. The clerk says Queen would have to be declared dead before they could release his estate. Cross and Hackett share a knowing glance. Okay, okay. So now it's like it's not enough that he's in jail. They need to kill him. They need to kill him as well. So we're back with Queen in the hole after 20 days. They do these sort of jumps, these like little jumps, and he's obviously skin pale, malnourished, hair grown out. We see sort of... (laughs) Okay, stay with me here, Cambo, because it's just... It's going to get weird. (laughs) Okay. We see... Some ants start to make their way into his cell. Uh-huh. Yeah, hundreds of them. So far, with you. Okay, good. Then they start to form a shape. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then the ants form the shape of. Why don't you talk to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming this isn't going to be a crossover with the Marvel character no, ant. No, it's either. not. It's not. Um, then they turn into another say, thing saying, you are not alone. These are little ants, yep. by the way. We, the camera then zooms down. This is using all your CGI yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it starts following the ants out of out of solitary, all the way down the corridors, beneath another set of doors, between guards' legs. And then it enters in the cell of Hartley Rathaway, the Pied Piper. Oh. And he, this is an interesting line, Cambo, he can hear through ants. <laughs> It's it's weird. The man. folklore of it's the weird. Pied Piper is a bit different. Yeah, yeah. Hit me. Well, the Pied Piper, he had his pipe. Yep. And he would he had the children follow him, right? Yeah. Well, he had the he had the rats. Yeah, the he, rats. He got rid of the rats, yeah, yeah. and then they didn't pay him. Yeah. And so then he, he took, took the, the children. children. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not a lot of ant crossover yeah, yeah. there. They've definitely expanded. Maybe there's some kind of like Pied Piper origins. It's a oh, dark, gritty tale about how he actually <laughs> hears through ants. This is true. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it now explains in the, in the script that we're going to follow this next conversation split between two screens with a man speaking to a man using the medium of ant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay. But then it says that the ants will not be on screen. Rather, it will seem as if both... <laughs> By means that they are speaking directly to each other. So, okay, it's going to be shot. Are you getting this? Yeah, you get, yeah, yeah. Am I painting this picture? Yeah. 
I just have one question. <laughs> well, only one, yeah, bro. Yeah, I, th- I think this one question will encompass it. Yeah. Why have they done this? Yeah, I don't <laughs> Why have they chosen this as a thing? It's so weird, Gambo. It's so weird. Okay, but I got you. It's it's they're talking via ant, but it's going to appear as if they're having a conversation. Exactly. Pied Piper is talking to Queen. They wanted him to talk, and so they're going to talk through ants, but they don't want to keep showing the ants becoming the words. They just yeah, want him talking yeah. to each other. So here we go. This is now the conversation between the two. <clears throat> My name is Hartley Rathaway. They once called me the Pied Piper. I've been in Supermax since uh, the beginning. You talk to ants? All creatures that can be manipulated by high sonic frequencies. Queen violently kicks at the ants, trying to dispel them. They instantly pull back into formation. What do you want from me? Your trust, your faith, and your willing partnership in our escape. Sorry, but I'm no villain. That doesn't matter. No man belongs in this place, good or bad. We're all victims within these walls, raped by the inhumanity. It's the souls they're violating. That's why we must escape, so the world can see this injustice. You brought this on yourselves. All of you deserve to be in Supermax. I thought the Green Arrow was a crusader. The Green Arrow is dead. No. He just needs to change. Tell me how you became the Green Arrow. So then we do a quick flashback to Queen's time on the island. Mm -hmm. And we sort of have him sort of uh, talking over this. Um, It has him eating poison berries by mistake. Um, His tuxedo is still wet. He's failing to kill a ball with a spear because he hasn't found his MO yet. Then we see him fashioning a bow from wood. Then we then we see him hunting boars down with bow and arrows. Uh, And so he's sort of, you see him over this time become- He's developing. Yeah, he's developing. He's rockying. Oh, dude, he's massively rockying. And you can see by the end of it that he's actually, yeah, a bit of a badass. You built yourself from nothing. And when they found you three years later, you were a changed man. You understood the reason behind your simple existence, yes? Yeah, I finally knew who I was. Good. Let me help you find yourself again. The green arrow is dead. But he can be reborn. He is the only man who can show the world that cages like this should never exist. (sighs) None of us deserve Supermax. Deep down, you know it's true. All that remains is a question for you, Oliver Queen. Can you build yourself from nothing once again? Can you learn to trust those you once despised? There we go. So, okay. Thoughts I, on the I, ant I, conversation, I, Cambo? 
I love the ant aspect of it, first of all. <laughs> you love the I love it thing, and yeah. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, okay, good. Obviously. Uh, so we're led to believe now that Oliver is now in. Yes. But I I would say that Pied Piper put up somewhat of a flimsy argument <laughs> to really convince him of it, you know? Well, he was just like, hey, we we don't deserve this being treated. Yeah. I mean, you've, these guys have probably killed people. Well, because, yeah. I mean, Oliver starts by saying... Uh, you all deserve to be in here, right? And I understand that, like a character arc, is probably him going to. He's going to learn that that's not necessarily always the truth, etc. But he went from that opinion to okay, I'm in within a single conversation. Like, not even a conversation. It's but just like Canva. Remember, it was a conversation through ants. So a, you, it adds I'm a little bit of the spice. Ant element, it adds a little I? bit of spice to the conversation. <laughs> I think. Yeah, it's. Uh, have you ever been convinced of something? And have you ever been? Convinced of something via ant, via ant, <laughs> really adds an element. But it, the fact in the script that it says using the medium of ants, <laughs> I think it's such a great line. Yeah, it's amazing. So now we've basically he's in solitary confinement. He's had the ant conversation. Mm. He's decided, you know what, you're right. I can build myself up again, just like I did in the island. And I, you know what? I don't mind them doing his origin story like that, like in a sort of a a little I quick. Pr- I much prefer it. flashback sort of cutaway. Yeah. It's it's almost like showing Bruce Wayne's parents getting shot again and that sort of stuff. But they're and not they spending do. a lot of time. They do every, every time. time. <laughs> Halfway through this film, they probably show it <laughs> for no reason at all. <laughs> do you know how Bruce Wayne became better? Um, but in itself, I think that's a cool way to sort of do that little bit. Yep. It's, uh, it's a great way to get exposition that is interesting and unique. Yes. Yeah, exactly. In, in, yeah. Ex- Where you're talking to ants. I can imagine there was probably some kind of studio executive being like, the ant scene. Uh, I, I I get it, but could they just not be in the cell next to each other and talk through a wall? Yeah, that's what I thought. That could definitely yeah, yeah. happen. But, but then we wouldn't. It, have- it is a less interesting thing. Yeah, yeah, and then then we cross to the to to Justin. He's got an ant farm next to him in his <laughs> office. He's like, "Why don't you want the ants?" <laughs> so now, light pours into the solitary confinement cell as the door is opened. Queen sits there calmly, smiling. He stands up and he sticks his hands out. Waiting for the cuffs. Okay, so mm. let's make this clear now. Oliver Queen, wrongly accused. Someone's trying to take over his business. He's stuck in Supermax prison, but now he's thinking. He's he's formulating a plan, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, it's time to escape the Supermax. We have come to the end of part one of our cancelled movie report on Green Arrow Escape from Supermax. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love it if you could subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you like to listen. Honestly, it really does help us get discovered in the charts. It would also be terrific if you could leave us a five-star rating or most importantly of all, if you could tell a friend. We're completely independent here at Cancelled Movie Report, so your support really does mean the world to us. Hey, what do you think of the movie so far? And did we miss anything? We would love to hear from you. You can always get in touch with us via cancelledmovies at gmail.com or at cancelledmovies on all of the social media platforms. Hey, maybe you know about a cancelled movie project you've always wanted to hear about. Why not let us know? You can fill out the form in the episode description alerting us to a project and we may just give it the cancelled movie report treatment. My name is Michael Campbell. I've hosted and edited this episode and Eden Porter was my co-host too. And we both produced the show. 
We would also like to thank our amazing voice cast, all of which are listed in the episode notes below. Now, make sure you're listening next week for the daring escape from Supermax Prison. But if you can't wait, here is a quick sneak peek. Holding up his wrist, studying the parallax device embedded in his forearm. Have you ever had a battery replaced on one of these? Not once in seven years. That must mean they take their power locally. Which means they have a radius of operation. Which means if we get outside the radius, we'll disappear. We need to blank the system and short out the tracking grid. Put alarms offline. And who could do that? Class 5. The most uncontainable of all prisoners. But until next time, take care.